Eddie, another day, another press conference here in LA today. Saturday night's main event, Diego Pacheco headlines. Is it about time we stop thinking of Diego Pacheco as a prospect now? Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, sometimes I look at him as that young kid that signed with us at 17, you know, who wasn't as assured of himself as he is now, physically wasn't the man that he is now, but then you forget what he's been through, where he's boxed, you know, the record that he's built up and the five years that he's been learning. And he's no longer a prospect. He's a world-class contender. And on Saturday night, he takes his first big step, his first big risk. You know, he's, he's been great at demolishing that opposition at you know, domestic level, if you like, in the various countries he's fought. Now he has to fight sort of a fringe world-level guy, a gatekeeper, who's given every elite super middleweight he's been in with a really tough fight. And I think he'll give Diego the test we need to see if he's ready for those big names in 2024. How important are these Bridgham fights from the level he's at now into world level? We've often seen fighters maybe leapfrog this sort of level and come up short, but Diego's got a chance now to bridge that gap and prime himself ready for next year. Yeah, it's really difficult to, to get that shot at the world championships. And sometimes, as you said, they come without those mid-level fights, those gatekeeper fights. And that's what we like about the Caceres fight. You know, Diego's calling out Munguia, Belanga, you know, all those guys in, in the 168-pound division and many more as well. But there's a big step between them and the level that he's been fighting at. Caceres is a guy who's boxed some of those, dropped some of those, you know, was ahead in the fights against them. So it's going to tell us everything we need to know. But I love what I heard from Diego tonight. You know, it was a very assured statement that he was talking about. And I think mentally he's in a great place. And he has that belief now that he can not just go on and compete at 168, but win world championships. Obviously, there's a man called Canelo Alvarez who has those belts, but let's be honest, over the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, those belts will start to fragment, and he needs to be in a position to capitalise on that. I think he's a top, top, again, not prospect, but performer from the US that could go on and be a star, and this is important for him, headlining his home city of Los Angeles on Saturday. And should Diego come through like we expect and hope? He's hinted to big plans. Anything you can shed light on? Yeah, I mean, look, we have have a list of fighters that he and his team are happy to challenge in 2024. You know, we've heard him talk about Edgar Belanga. Edgar will be looking at the, you know, the bigger name guys as well. There's not a lot of people. I think if he goes in on Saturday and demolishes Caceres, it's going to be really difficult to match in 2024 because he's young, he's powerful, he's you know he's six foot five. His shot selection's fantastic. You saw that in the last fight in Mexico where you know he was hurting the guy to the head, just brought the hands up, beautifully placed body shot. He can punch to the body, he can punch to the head. He's got a fantastic jab. Jab obviously he can box long. He can fight on the inside as well. Jose Benavidez Senior has done a fantastic job in really moulding him as an all-round fighter. And every time I see him, he gets more and more impressive. And I think you're going to see a real statement on Saturday. In the chief support, we often use the word war quite a lot, but this one genuinely promises to be carnage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, even. Wait till you see Maylene Rivas against Erica Cruz on Saturday night. From the first bell, it will be an all-out war. Neither woman will take a step back. Both will throw hundreds of punches. And, you know, you talk about the punch statistics for Erica Cruz against Amanda Serrano at Madison Square Garden. It was 1,600 punches thrown in a fight. It was an absolute bloodbath. Even last time out in Tijuana, in what was supposed to be more of a routine performance against Melissa Parker, was an absolute war. 
Maylene Rivas is a very, very dangerous fighter that can punch. She has boxing skills, but she likes to stand in the pocket and trade. And Erica Cruz will be right in front of her all night. We've seen some absolute thrillers. And I think next week you're going to see another thriller in Cameron Taylor. But I, I'm so confident, and I know I'll tell you a lot, that this fight is going to be X. This fight is going to be a thriller on Saturday night. And, you know, for Erica Cruz, it's trying to become a two-division world champion. For Maylene Rivas, trying to establish herself as a big name in the sport to take those big unification fights. Obviously, we have Ellie Scottney at Super Bantamweight. She's another world champion we can look to match with Maylene Rivas. You know, great performance recently um, from Ramla Ali as well, looking for a shot at the world title. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that fight on Saturday. Fresh off a plane from London. See, a certain Deontay Wilder yeah. was on your on your flight. Did you uh, manage to catch up on the plane? Yeah, I um, was checking in this morning, really tired, and uh, just turned around at the check-in desk, and it was Malik Scott and Deontay Wilder, and Deontay was sitting virtually right next to me on the plane. We had a good chat. Um, we've never really met or talked properly, and obviously he's seen a lot of interviews or he's seen a lot of clickbait. Probably established that he doesn't like me very much, but we got on quite well. I'm not sure I'm going to be over for Thanksgiving, but... You know, it was pretty clear. It was almost like a let's get the nut down and get the business done on December 23rd. And in the meantime, my job and Shelley Finkel's job is to continue those talks to make that fight. Everybody's made it clear that's the fight we must make. Um, but it's all irrelevant if they don't win their fights on December 23rd. So I'm very confident you'll get Joshua Wilder. Um, Deontay Wilder is 100% up for it. So is AJ. So is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and His Excellency. We'll continue those talks, but right now, a huge night on December 23rd. A couple of tough fights for those guys, especially with what could lay ahead. I mean, just reflection on yesterday, quite a historic day. Must have been quite surreal for you to be up there, to be surrounded by the, the fighters that you were. Yeah, I mean, look, for us, I think it, it probably needed an intervention from someone like His Excellency to say, I think, you know, obviously he has a very powerful vision for the sport and he's a fan of the sport. I don't think fans really care much for the rivalry or the politics. We know it exists, but it takes someone to come in and say, I don't, I don't care about that. This is what we want. Make it happen. And because of the opportunities that were gifted to the fighters, we've had to do our job and drop everything else and put that to the side. So for us, the opportunity for Anthony Joshua, the opportunity for Dimitri Bivol, the opportunity for Jaya Pattaya, life-changing opportunities, you know, legacy potential changing opportunities and ones that we had to take so we're delighted to de deliver for them delighted to be on a massive night and for us you know this incredible run that we're on at the moment that looked like it was ending on December 16th in the unification between Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez rolls on to a massive night in the day of reckoning December 23rd so it's it's incredible and obviously big night in LA and then we move to a massive night in Dublin next week so all action every week AJ seemed to have the bit between his teeth yesterday. I know before you said when he's been on a similar sort of tone level, you kind of like that version of him. What did you take away from how he uh, sort of behaved yesterday? Yeah, he, he was calm leading up to it. And, you know, it was just Jarrell Miller started it all off. You know, obviously they've got their history. Um, I don't think they like each other at all. And, you know, he spoke to AJ in a certain way and he clapped back and rightfully so. And then Otto Wallin kind of had his dig saying that he's a faded fighter and he's peaked and he's... Not the fight it was, and I don't think AJ took too kindly to it. And, you know, in the head-to-head, -head, he just said to him, look, I don't want you to talk all this shit and then give it the touch fist after, and oh, it was only for the build-up. If, if you want it to be like this, then it's on. And I like that. I like AJ to get in a car after a press conference 
thinking that he wants to smash Otto Wilde into bits because that's what he wants to do. And he needs to be aggressive in this fight and he needs to make sure that he gets the job done. So I like what I see. You know, sometimes he's too quiet for people. Sometimes he's too aggressive for people. I think it's time to forget and stop worrying about what people think. Go in there, do your job and try and set up this massive fight with Deontay Wilder. We, should, we saw literally an hour or two after the presser, AJ was down the gym with Ben Davidson. Just talk to us about that link-up and what Ben might add to Anthony's game at this stage of his career. Yeah, look, you know, there's six weeks till the fight and the fight was signed yesterday. So very difficult to obviously get out to Texas, get over to the Middle East. So AJ's been training for the last three or four weeks in the UK. He's comfortable there and that's where he'll continue to train for this fight. Prepare well for Otto while in and execute the game plan and move on to next. Dimitri Bivol defending his WBA world titles made it clear come through this he clearly wants the winner of Peterbiev and Smith is that another fight that could potentially land in the Middle East later on for next year? Yeah I mean a lot of these fights that are getting made with the sort of vision to make the next one which is even bigger and obviously there isn't much bigger than the undisputed fight between Bivol and Betterbiev but we truly believe that Callum Smith will put a spanner in those works and I think you're going to end up seeing Bivol against Callum Smith for undisputed um, in, in the spring of next year. So big job for Callum Smith ahead on January the 13th. For Dimitri Bivol, he has Lyndon Arthur out of, after what will be, what, 14 months out of the ring. Really pleased to see Lyndon and another Brit get a shot. You have Zorro, of course, fighting Jai Pattaya, so it's, it's great for British boxing. He's got a very tough task against what I believe is a pound-for-pound pound great. Um, you know, Dimitri looking to do a job on Lyndon Arthur and then move himself into that undisputed fight. Let's talk about Opatire and Zorro. Just five weeks on from Opatire, last being at Wembley, he was back there for this press conference. I think he said he had four hours from when the contract was sort of done and dusted to jump on the plane. I must admit, I've never seen a fighter in recent years look as cold as that, as he just sort of goes out to ring walk. You know, he means serious business, this guy. Yeah, he, he gained a lot of fans that night. Of course, he came to Jordan Thompson's backyard to defend his championship. And a lot of people tuned in that night, particularly His Excellency, who obviously saw Jai Opatire and said... He needs to be a part of our card over here. The opportunity came, the phone call came to myself and Mick Francis from Tasman Fighters. And it's a massive chance for him, not just to secure this fight, but be involved in bigger fights moving forward. So um, what an opportunity for Jaya Patar. He's truly earned it with that victory over Maris Bradis and, of course, Jordan Thompson, and, and this time Zorro, and then moving on to what will hopefully be big unification fights for him as well. There was obviously a lot of personalities and faces from the boxing world there yesterday. He was uh, next to Frank Warren in some of the, the face-offs. Did you manage to have a, a chat backstage? Yeah, we talked before the presser, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, we've got to do our jobs. You know, there'll always be rivalry, and I think the rivalry's been good for British boxing because it's made me work very hard. It's made him work very hard. We're both stubborn competitors, but there will be opportunities where we can grow the sport, we can benefit our fighters, by working together. This is clearly one of them. You know, we're late to this party because this was a date that was already planned and all of a sudden all these fights were added and it was big opportunities for us to have the headline of, of the night and also our other champions being on the card. So we're delighted with the opportunity, um, pleased for our fighters and happy to work together on any um, opportunities that arise in the best interest of our fighters. So, yeah, uh, a lot of headlines, a lot of funny pictures, but all in all, business was was done made and we move on and uh, try and continue to grow the sport of boxing just finally also yesterday some speculation that ben and eubank talks had hit a wall anything you can tell us about that yeah no not at all you know i saw connor ben respond to that you know online look connor ben chris eubank want the most amount of money 
for, for the fight. Um, we are close to a deal. We're not there yet. We're not running out of time, but we're talking about, you know, 10 weeks. So we really need to get something over the line this week or early next. And I think we'll do that. Very confident that fight will happen. We have had some international approaches for that fight. Um, I would like to make sure we can lock in some big nights for British boxing in that first half of 2024. I think it's important. But we'll, we'll make a decision over the weekend and hopefully we can secure a deal with Callis Allen and, and Team Eubank and get on what I believe is the biggest fight for British boxing outside of Fury against Asia. Eddie, thanks for your time. We'll catch up tomorrow.